Good day, everyone, and welcome back to The Filibuster, the D.C. Democratic Party's podcast where we talk to local and national Democratic leaders about why they are Democrats and what issues are important to them. My name is Charles Wilson, and I'm the chair of the D.C. Democratic Party. We're excited today that we have two exciting guests with us. The first is Congressman Richie Torres from New York's 15th Congressional District and the chair of the Democratic Party of Puerto Rico, Mr. Charlie Rodriguez. Gentlemen, how are you guys doing today? Doing well. <laughs> I'm doing fine. It's great to be here. Thank you guys for joining us. We're excited about today's conversation. Um, so we really start off our podcast off the same way, and we ask our guests, what made you become a Democrat? Democratic Party is a natural home for me. Um, you know, I, I know what it's like to, to struggle. And the Democratic Party uh, most effectively advocates for those who have real struggles. Uh, you know, I was raised by a single mother who had to raise three children on minimum wage, which in the 1990s was $4.25. Uh, I grew up in conditions of mold and mildew, leaks and lead. Uh, in public housing, and and so I see it as I'm, a, I'm on a mission to ensure that those who grew up with the same challenges that I did have opportunity. And the Democratic Party is the party that fights for opportunity uh, for every American, that strives to make our society work for everyone. And Chairman? Well, the truth is that I see the Democratic Party as the party of opportunity, the party that is fair, the party that is sensible to the needs of the poor, the middle class, and the working class. And I believe it's the party of equality. And that's why I've been militant within this party for many, many years, and I continue to be so. And let me add, for me, it's an honor to be sharing this pod with uh, Congressman Richie Torres. I really admire him, and we're really proud of having him in Congress. And we look forward to have all the Puerto Ricans in Congress to help you do what, you, what you're doing right now in Congress. All right, guys. So let's talk about like what what is there an issue out there right now that you guys are really passionate about and working hard to accomplish? Well, the struggle for equality is the central drama of America. Uh, whether it's the struggle for LGBTQ equality, or, or African American equality, or for women's equality, and I see the struggle for legal equality for both DC and Puerto Rico as part of the larger story of America, of making America a more perfect union. You know, the residents of both D.C. and Puerto Rico are American citizens, and the disenfranchisement of millions of American citizens, for me, is a deep rot at the very core of American democracy. How can we claim to be a fully democratic society when we deny the fundamental right to vote, equal protection of the law, to millions of our fellow Americans in D.C. and in Puerto Rico. Uh, that, to me, is a portrayal of, of the organizing principle of America, which is a follow Yes, I subscribe to what the uh, uh, congressman has said, has mentioned, and I would add the following. For me, it is really so bad to see that many Puerto Ricans who have uh, been veterans and others who have fought in different wars and conflicts, who have died for this country, can be equal to any other American when it comes to defend this country, but they're not equal when it's the time to elect our commander-in-chief, our president. So I believe equality is, for us, the most important issue and the one we are really struggling for, not only for Puerto Rico, but those who are agree. 
or DC. Let's talk about statehood for Puerto Rico. Why is there such a struggle? Why, with this conversation, um, anybody can jump in on that. <laughs> in Puerto Rico, for a long time, uh, people were happy colonials. I mean, we were happy to be a U.S. territory. But things have changed. People have realized that without equality, you cannot achieve the best for your community, for your island. And therefore, after having had these terrible hurricanes and, and the earthquakes and the problem with the uh, e economy locally in the island, people have realized that the only way we can achieve equality is by becoming equal U.S. citizens, by becoming full-fledged U.S. citizens, by making Puerto Rico a state. Because I can hop in a plane, go to any place in the mainland, and almost immediately I can register to vote and I can even run for office, but not in Puerto Rico. And we need that because although we are very grateful to congressmen like Richie Torres and other congressmen and, and congresspersons and senators who have helped Puerto Rico, you know, the best way would be to have people from Puerto Rico in the U.S. Congress with voice and vote speaking on our behalf and acting on our behalf. So for us, I think it's very passionate. And one thing we do have, which I think I'm kind of, we're dealing with it, is that we have some members of Congress, some of them who are Puerto Ricans, who believe Puerto Rico should remain as it is. Uh, whereas the people of Puerto Rico have spoken and they have said, no, we want to become a state. So if we really believe in democracy, we should support the will of the people. In the last eight years, on three occasions, Puerto Rico has voted for statehood. Now, talking about voter suppression that's happening in many states in the Union, I mean, what Congress would be doing if it ignores the vote of the people of Puerto Rico would be suppressing the vote of their U.S. citizens from Puerto Rico. And that's why I think it's important to have a change in Congress and have Puerto Rico admitted as well as D.C. You know, Charles made a powerful point. Um, American citizens in Puerto Rico cannot vote for the president who can send them to war to die. I mean, that is profoundly unjust. You know, a wise person once said, if you do not have a seat at the table, then you're probably on the map. And statehood represents the only seat at the table. Statehood would mean two U.S. senators and five representatives in Congress for Puerto Rico. It would mean billions of dollars in new funding. It would mean the end of colonialism and the beginning of true legal equality for the people on the island. And, but what matters is not my opinion. What matters is not the opinion of members of Congress. What matters is the express will of the people on the island. And, and as Charles noted, in November of 2020, the majority of the Puerto Rican electorate voted for statehood. And when the people have spoken, we in Congress have an obligation to legislate what the people voted for. That to me is democracy. That to me is self-determination. And true self-determination is not only allowing the people to decide what to decide, but how to decide, mm -hmm. right? The congressional imposition of a convention is not self-determination. It's, it's paternalism masquerading as self-determination. Who are we to presume that we know what's best for the people on the island? If the people on the island have chosen statehood as their preferred status, 
and have chosen a plebiscite as their preferred method for resolving status, then who are we to overturn their will? Mm -hmm. And then call it decolonization? It's Orwellian. Is the people who are perpetuating colonialism are, are describing their position as decolonization. The people who are imposing a process on, on the people of the island are describing that as self-determination. Like it's an Orwellian distortion of the truth. So, so Congressman, how has this conversation been received with your colleagues uh, here, here uh, in the nation's capital? It's the caucus is divided. You know, what's the struggle for legal equality for Puerto Rico faces opposition from both the Democratic Party and the Republican Party, mm. from both the left and the right. right? Well, the why is left have the same position as Mitch McConnell. <laughs> and, wow. and it's baffling to me because the status quo is indefensible. Right? The, to do the same thing over and over again and expect a different result is the definition of insanity. Right? The colonialism of the status quo has fundamentally failed the people of the island. Right? The solution to inequality is equality, which can only be conferred by statehood. There is no substitute for statehood. Look, regardless of where you stand on the question of status, right? all the Puerto Ricans in Congress have two points of agreement. We agree that Puerto Rico should get more resources. Statehood would lead to more resources. We agree that the Financial Control Board should be abolished. Statehood would lead to the abolition of the Financial Control Board because states, unlike colonies, have rights. The Constitution prohibits the federal government from imposing a Financial Control Board that would infringe on the sovereignty of a state. And so the solution to all the inequalities plaguing Puerto Rico is statehood. When you hear folks who are not on board, what is the rationale? What are the reasons that they're giving? Like, like we heard, you know, we here in DC, like when we're doing these congressional hearings, like DC doesn't have a car dealership. Uh, we heard that DC doesn't have a bowling alley or um, a mining industry. You know, Republicans are coming, coming up with the craziest excuses as to why DC shouldn't be a state. What are some of the reasons why people are saying Puerto Rico shouldn't be a state? I believe that the Republican Party, although it has in its platform stated for Puerto Rico, it has not done anything affirmative towards granting statehood to Puerto Rico. And although there are some Republicans who have joined Congressman Richie Torres on the bill uh, to uh, grant uh, a statehood admission act for Puerto Rico, the truth is that the Republicans, their leadership, Donald Trump, Mitch McConnell, and others like them, see Puerto Rico as a menace because they believe Puerto Rico would be a democratic state and would grant Democrats two more seats in the U.S. Senate and four to five more seats in the U.S. House. And they perceive that, so they say, hey, we got to stop this. Now, What's unfortunate is that some Democrats, as Congressman Torres has mentioned, have also opposed state of Puerto Rico, but for reasons which I believe have to do more with like, uh, uh, you know, uh, we have these kind of leftist ideas and Puerto Rico, uh, the left in Puerto Rico, which is a very minority would prefer independence, but the people of Puerto Rico have spoken you know, really clear that they want statehood. Uh, but, you know, it's a, it's a 
It's a civil rights issue. And the Democratic Party is the party that has always supported civil rights for the people. And that is our issue, as well as D.C. And I believe that D.C. and Puerto Rico are denied their civil rights if they cannot become a state. Because you can only be a full-fledged American citizen if you live in a state, not in a district or a colony as in Puerto Rico. So I think that uh, those Democrats who are opposing statehood, it's because of those reasons. And some, which really hurts me, are Puerto Ricans. Uh, you know, uh, and I would think that they would feel proud to have fellow Puerto Ricans as equals in the U.S. Congress. Uh, and the Hispanic caucus is kind of divided. I think we have more support within the uh, black caucus than within the Hispanic caucus. And I think it's because some leaders, and I have to say so, uh, Congresswoman uh, Nidia Velasquez is a person I am really grateful for all what she does for Puerto Rico, except on this issue of equality and of statehood. She's opposed. And uh, many people respect her and so tend to agree with her over there in Congress because of, you know, the relationship that she has developed for so many years as a member of Congress. But the truth is that she is going against the will of the people of Puerto Rico. People of Puerto Rico want to be, they, they cherish their U.S. citizenship. Around 90% of the people of Puerto Rico have said that they want to continue being U.S. citizens. Well, if you want to be continue being U.S. citizens and you want to have equal rights, there's only one path, and that is statehood. And more people in Puerto Rico have realized that. And I believe that in the next plebiscite, and if it's a plebiscite uh, which is sponsored by the U.S. Congress, you'll have more Puerto Ricans voting for statehood than ever before because they realize it's something that can be achieved. And they would go on and vote for statehood, and I'm sure, you know, the... The, it's going to be overwhelming. Over 65% of the people of Puerto Rico will vote for Shaded uh, if that was brought again, uh, in a, in, according to the bill that's been introduced by uh, Congressman Darren Soto and, and, and Congressman Richie Torres and others. Do you think race plays a role or is a factor uh, in this conversation? Uh, first of all, the, the disenfranchisement of American citizens disproportionately affects African Americans and Latinos. Mm hmm which is a fact that should be lost on no one. But second, my belief is that Republicans like Mitch McConnell have a stake in the status quo, have a stake in the status quo of a Senate that overwhelmingly concentrates power, political power, in a small subset of states that are much wider, much more conservative, and much more rural than the rest of America. And the creation of statehood for DC, a majority black state, and the creation of statehood for Puerto Rico, a majority Latino state, uh, would counterbalance the anti-democratic bias built into the structure of the Senate. And by anti-democratic, I'm not referring to be a small d Democrat. Mm -hmm. It would make the institution of the Senate more democratic, more representative of America as a multiracial, multi-ethnic democracy. I totally agree. There's no doubt. I think that uh, race does have a lot to do among conservatives in America, although I just saw a recent poll that was done uh, among uh, fellow Americans who live in the mainland, and support for statehood is, is pretty wide for Puerto Rico. It is also has increased a lot for D.C., uh, and in the case of Puerto Rico, uh, we have uh, around 30 to 35 percent of 
those who consider themselves Republicans endorsing the state of Puerto Rico, which is pretty good. Uh, but uh, yes, I think those who oppose it has to do more with things of race. I mean, Puerto Rico and, and, and D.C. would bring uh, representation, wide representation, to uh, uh, black and brown uh, people in America. And I think uh, that's some concern for some ultra-conservative within the Republican Party. Uh, therefore, it should be then uh, more supportive of all of those within the Democratic Party, even those who consider themselves progressives or may have left leanings. Uh, so I think, uh, yes, race is important, and we should uh, try to go over that and, and, and make us equal, not because of race, but because we are U.S., we are Americans. So Congressman Torres, uh, Chairman Rodriguez, we're at the end of our podcast, but we always allow our guests to leave, um, speak to our audience with any final thoughts. Um, this is an open space for you to leave us with any final thoughts. Feel free. I mean, I would end with a final question is if, if the residents of DC and the residents of Puerto Rico are citizens of the United States, then why not make them equal under the law? Like, Equality should not be a choice, it should be an obligation. And it's time for the United States to fulfill the obligation of equality to the people of DC and the people of Puerto Rico. And I would add to that is that many Puerto Ricans have died in World War I, World War II, Korea, Vietnam, Afghanistan, Iraq, defending our nation. How can they be equal when it comes to dying for this country but they cannot be equal when they are living and want to vote for their leaders. That's inequality. And anyone who really feels proud of being an American and of the principles which are embodied in our Constitution and our De Declaration of Independence should see that Puerto Rico and D.C. should become states because that's the only way the people can achieve equal rights. Thank you guys so much for, for your time today. Thank you, Charles, and, and thank you, Congressman. Thank you a lot. Thank you for having me.